little motherfucker. He's going, Tony. He's going big time. You sure it was Jackie Jr.? I find him. I'm doing him tonight. No, you're not. Why not? Because I said so. Why? I don't got to explain anything to you. Because he's Jackie April's kid? You're not going to let this go. You can't do that. He took a shot at me. He tried to kill Furio. We're made. Well, every person you whack, you risk exposure. Major murder, which is what the feds asked for Christmas. Bullshit. You're a fucking hypocrite. The fuck did you say? You preach all this wise guy shit, and meanwhile, the only ones who got to play by the rules are us. I loved you. What happens I decide, not you? Now, you don't love me anymore. Well, that breaks my heart, but it's too fucking bad because you don't got to love me. But you will respect me. That's right. We are back. A cut to black. A Sopranos sit down after a brief, extremely brief hiatus. We are back in the podcast chairs to discuss the Sopranos. Yes, and I cannot, just as we were listening to that clip, I can't help but imagine where Tony Sopranos, uh, two Tony Sopranos, and Christopher, of course, is our listeners who loved us, man, and, and we went away, like, and we're going to do you tonight, and uh, yeah, so we're, we are back, uh, and uh, you don't got to love us, but you will respect us, uh, and uh, basically... We were gone. Now we're back. You're probably listening on the podcast uh, two years in the future. You have no idea what's yeah. going on. Yes, yes. But I mean, I did. I got we got word from at least one person that was like, oh, my God, it's canceled. <laughs> they've been canceled. Yeah. Now. Now we're back. We apologize. We're back in the groove. We're here to finish out season three. But before we get to that, um, what do we, we got? A, we got a couple nice reviews and a nice email. Where are we going first? Uh, well, I would like to encourage everyone to leave a review. Maybe we won't go away again if you leave a review. So why don't I just go through that? First off, there's Vark, who um, titled this a must for Sopranos fans, uh, and uh, described our podcast as informative and fun. Uh, so, you know, that's nice and brief. This person is from Ireland, so I can only assume it's one of the people I hornswoggled into watching the show uh, after coming over here. Uh, we also have a review from Free Carmilla, um, who wrote a review called Funny and Insightful Sopranos Breakdown. Uh, and the review goes like this. I thought I had already written a review, but apparently I haven't, so here goes. The Sopranos sit-down podcast is both intelligent and colloquial, just like The Sopranos itself, in its thoughtful breakdown of the best show of all time. Jim and Jacob's insightful takes on each episode makes me feel like I'm watching the show all over again for the first time. I also can't get enough of the walkout and death counters, and I'm not sure what's funnier, the actual audio clips or Jim and Jacob's laughter and sheer joy following the playing of said clips. Either way, keep up the good work. Uh, you're my favorite weekly podcast. Oh, sorry about that. And I look forward to listening to the rest of the series. And when you're finished with The Sopranos, here's my cheerless plea for a Mad Men breakdown next. Hmm. Very kind review. I appreciate that. Mad Men actually wouldn't be a bad idea for a look back. I feel like I've completely forgotten that show. Uh, but I did love that show, but I've completely forgotten it. I remember there was a diner episode, I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I remember. It's not that distant for me because I did binge through it at one point. Unfortunately, we both have watched that one, so it yeah. wouldn't be the same type of dynamic. But hey, if you want us to watch Mad Men or another show, the best way to leave your vote is in a review on iTunes. Because guess what? If you leave a review on iTunes, we know you're going to review our next show when that comes out. It means you're our most valuable fans. So we'll cater to you. Jim, what about that email? We got an email from Charlie here. Uh, Jim and Jacob, thank you all uh, for doing the Cut to Black podcast. I enjoy listening each week. Ooh. And I think you two do a tremendous job of unpacking thematic, cinematic, and cultural elements of the show, tracing the character development that is what makes the show so incredible, and recognizing the playful moments as well. You have a great insight, but also demonstrate a humility that can be in short supply in the podcast genre. I don't know (laughs) where that shade's going at, although I guess... I guess they're, you know, I guess podcasts can be pretty pompous. I, I'd say we're even a bit pretty pompous sometimes as well. But Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> by that description. <laughs> uh, I gave the show five stars as Silvio's provolone, and as soon as I find a way to give it six stars, I'll engage in some stuffing of the ballot box. Uh, in your discussion, uh, oh yeah, and he also has some observations here. Um, in your discussion of the role of the Russian in Pine Barrens, I had a thought I wanted to float by you. Well, oh, quick, I'm, I'm just going to cut you off for a second. We did give a spoiler warning when we discussed the Russian yeah. uh, in that episode. So I just wanted to say, if you still don't want to know anything about the Russian's future, just skip ahead like 30 seconds and you'll be good. Yes. Well, my desire for a tidy wrap-up makes me want to know exactly what happened to him. The mystery of the outcome gives us the opportunity to emphasize with Tony and the rest of the mobsters. They live with the possibility of doom from past deeds hanging over them each uh, second of the, each day whether getting pinched from a long-ago crime, getting whacked by an old enemy, or other negative outcome. They live each moment knowing that it could come crashing down. Uh, with the Russian, David Chase transfers some of that fear and anxiety to the viewers. We don't know what happened, and it's unsettling and uncomfortable. We now feel the weight of the unknown that hounds these characters we can't help but love. Uh, I do. I think that's a valid, uh, valid read on that. I don't know how necessarily how planned it was for them to sure. kind of do that. But I, I, I do think that's a valid read because the way we read David Chase talking about it, it was just kind of like, well, uh, whatever, the Russian, enough. Have a have a white Russian. Just have a drink. Get out of my face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yes, observation as well uh, comes as I've convinced my girlfriend to watch The Sopranos. Apparently not everyone finds it hilarious when Tony punches the guy in the broken leg after running him over. What I noticed in this go-around was how quickly uh, Meadow and Christopher's relationship changes. Early on, they very much seemed to be peers and close friends. Before too long, they seemed to rarely, if ever, interact. Not particularly poignant, but interesting character development. And thanks for a great hour each week. Uh, very uh, Thank you so much for the email. You can definitely email us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com uh, with any takes or... Uh, observations or thoughts on the characters or what we're discussing on the show. It's highly appreciative. Uh, And I I do think that is interesting. It is almost like, you know, with Christopher, he was more of a big brother-y type character. I mean, did sell her drugs. um, And he did scare the shit out of her when he was afraid that Tony uh, was trying to have him whacked. Uh, But yeah, I guess it's kind of the growth, I guess, uh, put that in quotes, the growth of the Christopher character, because even as we've seen in the start of this episode, you know, I'm a made guy. And as we saw him in like the uh, earlier episodes this season when he's like, you know, not to be an asshole, but I can't be seen in places like this anymore. You know, a made guy can't just be hanging out with some college chick. He's got he's got bigger fish to fry. 
Well, I thought it really reminded me of that, which you do forget as Christopher advances in the hierarchy. And uh, Jackie Jr. definitely takes over that role because he's now where Christopher was. And, you know, they shove him in the story like they like to do in The Sopranos. Like, yeah, this guy's been here all along, remember? And, like, Jackie's there and he's now Christopher from before, uh, basically, because he's hanging out with Meadow. And um, I, I don't remember, was there a little chemistry between Christopher and Meadow maybe in season one? A little bit? Uh, I don't remember any, like, romantic uh, thing. Mm. No, it always felt like a big brother. Like, uh, I guess it, it's, more than anything, it was a reflection on Christopher's role and, I guess, how they wanted the audience to see him as more of a young buck, especially the way Tony would talk about him being, like, the next generation of lazy idiots. Yeah. Um, and, you're, and you're right. They put that more on Jackie Jr. And then last year on Bevilacqua... And whatever his friend's name was, which I've forgotten. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah. What was I going to say? That um, Christopher. uh, Oh, yeah. That must have been my fan fiction. That was it. Yeah. Uh, Where they had the chemistry. Yeah. (laughs) I always get those confused. But yes, thank you very much for the email. That is an interesting tidbit. And we get to see the change in Christopher. It would be a bit interesting to see them interact again because it's almost like, oh, let's just not give them any scenes. I'd be more interested in, like, how do they relate to each other now because, um, of course, Meadow's a bit into Jackie Jr. in part because he's part of the family and whatever, but she's not really attracted to the mobster side, but, like, what is her opinion even of Christopher at this point? Because she thinks her dad is a hypocrite, given her cars and whatnot, Uh, but what about, like, her friend Christopher and stuff like that? Anyway, maybe we'll get more scenes like that. Yes. Now we'll on to the 12th episode of this season, Amor Fool. Uh, oh, that's pronounced Amofo. Amofo, yeah. Uh, written by Frank Ranzulli from a story idea by David Chase, uh, directed by Tim Van Patten. These are all Sopranos mainstays. They're bringing in the big guns because the season's coming to a close here. Um, yeah. We start out with uh, Meadow and Carmela at a like a, like an art museum. And yeah. what Meadow comes from the bathroom. She needs the tampon. She's spotting. I'm uh, not Meadow. Carmilla. I'm sorry. She's spotting. Yeah. Now, this whole Carmilla through line, I don't really know what to read from this. Because <clears throat> yet again, we have Carmilla. I mean, I guess it's this springs from her body physically changing. Uh, like, I didn't know if they were going to go down some sort of weird pregnancy path or something again. Because remember, that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, which I, what I, I guess would be last season. I don't think that was this season when, you know, she's like, I want another baby, um, which kind of was a thing that brought up and never came back again. And through this episode, because uh, I just want to stay with this through line for a moment. Like then we sure. see her crying to a dog commercial. And I didn't know if it was going to be like menopause or pregnancy, but then she thinks that maybe she has cancer and then she goes to see a priest again, and we get yet another discussion of her being sad about uh, her way of life and being married to Tony Soprano, but loving her big ring and all the money and cars that she gets. And I guess it's what? It's this brush with death that makes her want to study real estate because that's kind of <laughs> where it comes around to. Like, what was your read here? Yeah, it, I don't think it's bad, but it sounds funny the way you say it of like, and then she wants to study real estate. Um, it, it is strange. I definitely thought like, first thought in the first scene, like, okay, so this is like the menopause episode because 
she's looking at a baby mm-hmm. and all crying and her body's changing and things are happening. I thought that was it because I remembered the baby thing and I thought that was going to be like, oh, that thing you wanted is not going to happen. This will kick her into some sort of action. Uh, but yeah, I guess she does say at the end that she did go see uh, someone. Oh yeah, no, she we even see her go see someone, gets it checked out and it's just whatever basically, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, just- it's like they say it's like a thyroid problem or something like that like a thyroid issue but i mean i i guess nothing to be fully concerned about you know when the thought was that it she thought she had like ovarian cancer or something like that so carmela's always stepping up to a ledge and then like stepping back from it that's her whole character all the time in Mm -hmm. every season uh like whether it's with the priest uh whether it's with the carpenter guy that she actually was going to do something with or getting a baby or this uh, like gonna leave tony again like five different times and steps up to it and when he she was with the therapist before who said like you must you, this is blood money you must leave this man like i thought like great okay we're getting over the edge and now you know let's just step back a little bit again um at the same time it is sort of i don't know they managed to make it interesting every time as well uh, yeah i agree with that the very first shot of the episode is of the ring uh, and at the end there, she's obviously gotten rid of the ring, or not wearing it at least, because she has to sort of find the balance, as the priest says, find the inner line that she's not willing to cross and wh- where she, she can go with it. The priest, who, by the way, says like, oh, but there's good in him too, even though he's a mobster. Like, okay, Mr. Priest, come on. Yeah, it is interesting how it's it's a different priest uh, from, you know, Father Phil. Uh, but he's still kind of giving the similar advice. So it is like they do want us to be like, look, the 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 church is kind of bullshit. Um, because I don't know if, I mean, I guess there's nothing to say that this this particular priest would be swayed by any type of Tony Soprano influence, whether it be he's donating to the church or something. He's just kind no, of being. He's just kind. I mean, it's it's not a bad way to look at life, where it's like you know, there's good in everyone. But, you know, I, I guess it is kind of an interesting choice that so far it's only was, uh, well, no, I was going to say he, was a, he wasn't a rabbi. He was just a priest, wasn't he? I'm not a priest. He was just a therapist that told her, like, no, you need to just go away and give it all back. Yeah, I, and I don't think it was a rabbi. It was just a Jewish guy. Yeah, Jim. I think it was just a Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But either way. Um but yeah, it is interesting because, of course, they're like, oh, but divorce is the devil. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that there's people who think that way still. Like, <laughs> stop going to priests. They're going to give you the worst advice, Carmela. Uh, and then I guess from there, um, we have Gloria stalking Tony in a parking garage where she's here to back to apologize. She needs Tony back. Uh, and it's weird because remembering this, like going by memory of watching this, I somehow remembered it more that... Tony was more all in with this relationship, but I, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't notice it on my initial watch that he's kind of like already checked out even before she starts really freaking out. He's already kind of like, all right, I don't need this in my life. Like this was fun, but I'm over it. But you know, she's, she's in it. She's, she wants Tony back. And I guess he does kind of uh, accept her apology because I guess he thinks she's hot. Like, is that basically where it comes down to? Is that why he brings yeah. her back? 
Yes, yeah, pretty much it. And uh, also, it has been a little while. We did take a short hiatus. Um, but uh, yes, uh, the way I remembered it as well was like, oh yeah, she did throw the steak or whatever at his face. But like he, she was always doing shit like that. And he was always just like, okay, cool, whatever. Like he was upset and then she was sexy and he was like, okay, I'm not upset anymore. So this is basically what's happening here again. Uh, and they do remind us like, you threw a fucking dinner at my head, Gloria. And uh, so on. And he does bring up here as well, like, if you were a guy, you'd know where you'd be. Like, the whole death thing that goes through the episode, that's actually part of the thrill for her. Um, But yeah, so she actually opens up a bit, says that, you know, she's things going on with her family and this shit, and I didn't want to bother you, but it got to me, and I'm sorry, it won't happen again. And he's like, okay. I think partly, yeah, she's being sexy, but also, like, Opening up a little bit for some reason actually works for him, even though when she opens up more later, he doesn't want to hear it. I was going to say, I love that, though, because later on it's, uh, I mean, we'll get to the scene, but he's like, you know, hey, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also, uh, I I mean, I guess this is something to point out. I don't know if it necessarily means anything, but I, I, I did just remember that she does like kind of ambush him in the parking garage at the Melfi place. So, you know, and as we saw this season, that's where Melfi was ambushed and raped. Um, But now we have a woman stalking a man. So there you go. Equal time, everybody. Uh, Because then it cuts to uh, Tony in Melfi's office. And he's he's like, is this is she a loop-de-loo? What's going on with this broad? And uh, I think that's where Melfi gives the titular line because it means crazy love, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all fool. Um and that we also get, you know, she's, there's no charge for this because you overpay because we did, he did tip her uh, initially because he was so happy that he found Gloria. Like, oh, this is so great. Here's extra money. But now it's like, who's this crazy broad I got? She's throwing stakes at my head. And what's interesting, because as we go through this episode, we'll talk about it more later. It's so obvious you know, I mean, Melfi basically says it in the last episode because, you know, it seems like it should end on the Pine Barren stuff with Polly looking out the window at the woods and the harsh realities of nature. But we cut yeah. back to Tony and Melfi where, you know, she lays it on pretty thick. Does this lady remind you of anyone? And it takes mm-hmm. this whole episode for Tony to get there, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I swear that was even brought up even earlier than that. Like, yeah. the type of women you hang out with, who do they remind you of, and so on. Um, but yeah, there are things that Tony likes about her. She's independent. She went on a trip all by herself and all that. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, yeah, it's the parking garage of the therapy place, which, again, <laughs> the weirdest architecture in this place ever with this parking garage, and then yeah. you go through a meat shop or something to get in sometimes, and there's a dentist, but whatever. Um, so this parking garage... And I'm like, well, she could have just had her appointment and just happened to see Tony. And then I'm like, well, no, that's probably what she would like him to think. There's no way. They never met before they scheduled it wrong. They have therapy on different days. Like, there's no way she was there because she knew when he was going to be there. Um, So that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, Meanwhile, Tony's in there saying, oh, she's independent. I like that. Um, So, yeah. And, yeah, I guess and she says, you know, what does she see in you? Uh, kind of like, kind of throwing shade at Tony, you know, hey, like you, you overrate 
balding piece of shit. What, <laughs> what does she see in you? Although many people do say that Tony Soprano is very sexy, and I guess I could see that. Um, <laughs> and, okay. you know, he's he mentions how he's a tough guy. We brought up in when they were at the zoo how he was kind of like, especially the way he was all over her. He was like a big bear, like a big, you know, big animal. Uh, and, you know, I think they talk about playing with fire. And, I mean, we see it play out to you know the the full degree that there's uh, there's definitely fire being played with and potential like you know i want to die and maybe this dangerous mobster will murder me if i push the right buttons yeah and um yeah i i i that's obviously there like we see it in the episode but it's almost like um She's not doing that consciously, I think, mm-hmm. obviously, um, which makes it interesting that this is where they get into that stuff. I mean, the way Tony says it, uh, you know, at least he's not one of these crybabies. Uh, he's a tough guy, you know, and like you mentioned, people are drawn to fire. And meanwhile, they're also talking about the complicated, dark. Uh, he says she has dark eyes, and she's like, oh, you said she was dark. Like, really trying to, <laughs> like, come on. Come on, Tony. Open your eyes here. Um, and, yeah, it doesn't really take that much for him to change his mind later. But I guess, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, in the next scene here, we do have... Uh, let's see what's happening here. Oh, our boy Jackie Jr. Now, I messaged you... Um, uh, saying Jackie Jr. is so fucking stupid yeah. after watching this episode. It's really like mind-boggling how bad he is at everything he tries to do. Um, so he's brought his friend along, and they're they're kicking up some cash, like you do, yep. uh, and they want some protection for it. Do they get it? Um, what, well, what does he... I forget what he says, because, yeah, again, it has been a little bit. Um, I mean, Ralphie's being kind of nice to them, and as we see yeah. later, like I guess even um, Christopher a little bit. Like I don't. I guess that's why they're starting to feel more comfortable. They're starting to feel like they're connected guys or something. But even yeah. though like like Jackie, like uh, Tony is very upset with you. Why do you keep messing shit up? And you've already blew it with Meadow. So I mean, I guess this is just the natural uh, path for Jackie Jr. because he's a clueless moron. Well, yes, very clueless. And uh, yeah, he, he uh, basically, uh, Ralphie says, oh, you got to do a bit more than that. And I want to skip ahead a little bit. Well, I guess not. Okay, but we can go quite quickly through it since we, since we talked about Gloria a bunch. There is this Gloria scene where they're in bed. She does her sexy dancing. She tells about her family and all that. Um, and that's where Tony shows that he really doesn't give a shit because when she does start to get on about... You know, yeah, her nieces and her sister's husband and Tony, you know, he's got his cigar and he's kind of like, well, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. Uh, And such a like transparent, I don't give a shit. And then he even does his uh, Hesh thing where uh, he starts to try to talk about something that's on his mind because he brings up like, you know, we had a new Santa Claus this year. He wasn't very good. Uh, and you know, she's still going and she has that, she has an offhanded comment of like, Hey, maybe with, maybe we'll just get splattered by a bus and, uh, th- that'll take care of everything. And he's like, Oh, you know, in his classic Tony way. And she's like, Oh, just a fucking joke, but Hey, fuck him, Right. And yeah, she quickly is able to win Tony back by doing a sexy dance and singing a song and getting in his lap. So 
You know, a lot of this show sounds worse when you say it out loud. It's actually a good scene. Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, she does, she does win him back with a sexy dance. Um, I wanted to get to the next scene because we get Jackie Jr. here again. I'm assuming this is the same pizza place as before uh, that Christopher came into and he couldn't be seen in anymore. Yes. This, yeah, this is the, yeah. you know, don't respect the pizza joint. This is when they were initially, like, yelling at Jackie about this. And now yeah. they're telling people to respect the pizza joint. Yeah, because he's got a piece now, so he feels like he's got to do that. Uh, or, like, the owners, or dear friend. And meanwhile, he's just annoyed that they're pulling out guns in his place. Like, the people, like, the guys, what are they doing? They got their feet on the table? Is that the thing? Yes. I guess they're smoking? That's yeah. Pretty, pretty I bad, mean, I it's it's. I guess it's weirdly reminiscent of... You know, when Tony goes up and makes that guy take his hat off in the restaurant, it's like, yeah, it's a, but it's a classic Jackie move of, uh, of like, he almost, he's almost there. He almost has the right idea of what like a Tony Soprano or someone that knows will do, uh, like knows shit will do as correctly, uh, where he is trying to, you know, respect the sanctity of the pizza parlor. But in the end, he's pulling out guns and making things way worse. Uh, yeah. and it's not a not a good look. Yeah, and then Christopher comes in, and uh, they're worried about oh they're gonna he's gonna see the gun and whatever, and and but actually Christopher is not that upset about it. He's like oh you straightened them out. How many were there? Uh, they're upset about the broken bottles that I guess yeah. they were collect. Oh, yeah, I've been collecting them for twenty years. Who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and. I guess uh, Christopher actually came here to find them because he's like, hey, I got a thing, got a truck, my favorite. And uh, hey, cigarettes, you in? And they're like, where with Ralphie now, huh? And then he's like, okay, well, if you change your mind. And they get to go like, oh, we're a hot commodity. Everyone wants a piece of us because they're stupid. Yeah, but it is kind of like they almost, it is, they are dumb, but they almost are kind of on the come up because even having that small interaction with Ralphie, and he's kind of playing them because it's like, you know, that you get the opportunity to kick up money to me. And then Chris is just seeking them out for something. So, it, it again, it is similar to, like, Bevel Aqua. It's like you, you're kind of in the right place. Play your cards right. Ha-ha, cards. Play your cards right, and maybe something will come out of this. But, of course, you're fucking dumb. And Well, yeah, it is very similar to the kids last season because they were just like, we're going to kill Chris. Like, <laughs> this is going to fix it. But, like, we're going to get huge. And it's like, you do not understand how anything works. You've watched movies and you think if you shoot someone, everyone's going to like you. That's not even how it goes in the movies. You got to shoot the right people. How do they not grasp that? Similarly, you got to rob the right people. You can't just rob, you know, the guy you're actually trying to impress. Anyway, we'll get there. Next scene, Gloria does another um, great thing and gives uh, Mrs. Soprano a drive home. What a nice lady. Yeah, Gloria's acting like Jackie Jr. here, uh, making <laughs> bad uh, bad decisions. And um, the, the ring, the way the ring plays out, I think is interesting. And I like that it ends with Carmela not wearing it, but unknowingly... Uh, you know, she's nailing the theme of the episode, so good for her because it's like Gloria, you know, calls that out as like some gaudy, like bullshit ring. Like, I'm not just going to be some, you know, Goomba housewife that's happy with a ring. And then Carmela's kind of coming around on that as well on her own. Like, it doesn't take her finding out who Gloria is to do that. Um, so I do like how that kind of comes together. 
And yeah. yeah, Gloria starts being like kind of a maniac, driving a little fast and just, uh, you know, doing what she does. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, you know, she does a little peek at the house thinking, you know, this is going to be great. Not, nothing bad will come of this, except obviously she's pulling pulled in different directions in her mind as well. Obviously, like she she's she knows that wouldn't be a completely normal thing to do obviously, well, and, if she and, thinks about it. And especially um, not that I would get this choice either way, but if it was like she didn't just apologize and kind of get Tony back. I would almost understand it as like she's being this crazy mistress and this is her way of like trying to peek back into Tony's life because she's an outsider. But mm-hmm. she's she's back with Tony, kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he wasn't fully listening to her story or concerned about, you know, her nieces and nephews, but it didn't... I mean, that didn't end on a bad note, at least as far as we saw. So her doing this, she truly is playing with fire and pushing buttons for no reason. Yeah, and... Uh exactly playing with fire pushing buttons and it's like every time everything's okay with them she has to find a thing to make it not okay um obviously for reasons that will become apparent uh or are already apparent to melfi and anyone paying attention uh next scene is great because we get ralphie uh telling a story that goes like when we were kids we used to have this crew me your dad Antonio, <laughs> Silvio, of course I was there yeah. all along. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, but yeah, so he's tell, he tells this story, and I guess it's fair. He, he didn't get on the come up because Tonio and Jackie Sr. actually did this robbery of a made guy from the other side of the pond with no known connections here, right? That's how I read it. That's why it's fine to rob him, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, no, I'm, well... It's Feech's, Feech Lamada's card game. This is actually not the first we've heard of Feech Lamada's. the one they were peeking through the keyhole or whatever at, and now they're running it? Um, actually, that might have been it as well, but it also, even besides that, if we go back mm. to season two, episode Ooh. three maybe, is it? Or maybe two? Uh, basically, I, I got a clip. It's, um, it's oh. our boy Richie's first episode. And he meets Tony in the mall, and here we go. Well, I'm the guy who saved you from the hit parade. When? When did you ever step in for me? You forget? When you and my kid brother stuck up Feature Lamont's card game? Feature was made before the electric light. If it wasn't for me, you two kids would have caught a vicious beating, to say the least. Rich, you know I love you. You're like my big brother, okay? You're going to be taken care of. What was yours before you went away will be yours again. Just got to give it some time. But yeah, so there we, we this has been mentioned before, and it might even be related to the card game they talk about as well. Uh, but that might have been Tony's father's game. I forget. Mm-hmm. But either way, Feech, uh, and, and Feech might be someone we hear from again. So he wasn't necessarily fully disconnected from things. We know he's not around now, uh, but it was a big deal. But, you know, they, they they played it right. They didn't murder a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's always a plus because it's pretty difficult to squash a beef once people start dying immediately. And, uh, I mean, their reasoning after this is such shit because it's like, they robbed a card game. We should rob a card game. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the factor that it was a card game, not like who it was and when it was, and that you were showing your big slinging, swinging dick all over the place. Like, no, you're being dumb kids 
anyone who robs this card game, like, and this is Ralphie's card game. Ralphie just told them the story, and <laughs> it's so stupid. I don't understand it. And they're going to do that because they want to get in good with Chris. Like, Chris wants to rob Ralphie. Like, he he's a made guy. Yeah, but he's, Ralphie's a captain, and yeah, he's crazy, but like, it, you can't, you can't well, think this is a good idea. In a weird way, I do feel like if they did it properly, it would have worked. At mm. least go like the way Ralphie talks about it is that the right there was a sit down, the right people got some of the right people got their money back. Um and even if like like say it just went off without a hitch, they just took the money and got away. I think Ralphie obviously would put it together like, oh, I just told this story and he could even, I mean, depending on how he goes from there, uh, where it's like, ah, they're just trying to show they're stepping up and, you know, going back to Richie, you know, oh, you stepping up, huh? Well, I'm going to, I put it in drive or whatever he did, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like it maybe would have worked, but they just don't know anything. So there you go. But Christopher's there. That's the guy they wanted to impress this time. He's getting robbed. And, like, I just imagine Tony, who's already pissed off at Jackie. Like, he's the boss. He's the guy you need to not hate you. And it's like, oh, yeah, I really hate this piece of shit Jackie Jr. right now because of what he's done to my daughter and just in general being a lying piece of shit. And then he's like, oh, and he also robbed my card game. And even if no one got killed, it's like, Jackie the fuck are you doing and i guess maybe he could have talked his way out of it because he can talk his way out of anything with this bullshit like it happens again and again but uh tony said he bottomed out and uh i don't know it I is interesting because like obviously i feel like sorry, he would have been i'm sorry to cut you off but no it's okay i feel like he would have impressed ralphie yeah like i know sense. they're trying to impress chris and like that you know that's dumb but i feel like uh they would have impressed Ralphie and he would have been like, I told these because especially even though it's not like we know Ralphie to be some rational, you know, uh, even tempered person. But in a weird way, I feel like that's why he would be impressed and be like, I told these kids the other night and they, then they, they had the balls to rob my card game. Ah, come here, you give them a noogie and <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you're really you, you are the heir apparent. You're the, the J- Jackie Jr., the, the next April. But. It didn't quite go that way. That's true, but he'd cap the other guys. Like he'd, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he'd raise up Jackie and kill his friends because he's fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, so anyway, he tells the story. It is a good story. It is also interesting the way they show the kids after that, like s- smoking outside and then like going in watching a movie. Like, call him. No, you call him. Move over. It's my couch. Like, doing nothing. Which is really, very interesting to put all that well, stuff in there. I, I think the reason why is because every time they go to it, it's Jackie's the one pushing for it. And his friend uh, is yeah. just kind of like, ha-ha, yeah, imagine, you know, if we, we did that. And then, uh, I mean, although Jackie's still not, like, direct, like, he's still telling him to call him. But mm-hmm. he's still the one that keeps bringing it up, uh, yeah. and uh, what they say something about Ralphie, and I think Jackie calls him a secret fag. Um, oh yeah! And then they both sit down really close and watch the Basic Instinct scene, where she, I, I guess that's also just shows how like immature and you know kind of young, dumb, and full of cum they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and a, a, a less young person, I did, but also very full of, you know, I, I did want to mention Tony when he's at Gloria's place, um, this before he finds out that she drove her, his wife home, uh, but the slashed tires. So was that his ex, do you think? I don't think so. I mean, it, mm, what do you think? You know, the, the, one of the cliche things would be that like she slashed her own tires because she's fucking is so addicted to drama. But um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's either that or just some random whatever in her life that she because she clearly has a lot of drama in her life, whether it be because she's caused it or just likes to is attracted to it. Um, it's just kind of whatever. Yeah, I don't think it was Tony's ex Guma either, really, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was Gloria. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I had the same thought. Like, when it was happening, like, oh, clearly she did. Just the way she plays it. Um, I don't know. And it, it is it's interesting. interesting. Well, go ahead. It's interesting because this scene leads up to him saying that, you know, he smacked that girl. She's not going to do that again. Uh, and he's like, oh, you really hit her? Like, like, it's a really interesting tone she does with that. Like, really interesting because it's... You you take it as like, oh, you big man. Oh, you really hit a woman, huh? But there's also the aspect that she's attracted to danger as well underneath that mm-hmm. is a really interesting way it's done. Yeah, and I mean, they just also kind of... She talks about how she has some sort of drama at work uh, yeah. where she's you know saying she's being sexually harassed, but then she might lose her job uh, because of it. Like whoever it is, some guy making a pass at her or something. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's just kind of, now that he's kind of opened up this idea of like, you know, Hey, you could talk about your life. Uh, that's all he's going to hear about. And he doesn't want to. Um, and yeah, like, like you, like you called out the way she reacts to him talking about how he slacked the shit out of her. And there's like a repulsion, but also an attraction to that. Um, and just the fact that she also, she, she's really good at goading him into an argument as well. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, what, what are you not saying? And then it's like, becomes his fault. And as he brings up later, like I'm a grown man and she's like berating him over something he has nothing to do with. Yeah. Um, So uh, just to sort of raise the stakes a bit further, she does also call the house um, just to talk, Uh, you know, about, hey, you should definitely get this car um, because, you know, his other mistress called the boat. She may as well call the house um, and, uh, you know, he'll like that. And this is when or how Tony finds out that this uh, woman is like, and Tony's having a grand old time. He's just eating his cereal. He doesn't know about any of the shit going on in the rest of the episode. It's just kind of like, yeah, Gloria's talking a lot, but that's the biggest problem on my plate right now. Some of my favorite moments in this whole show are just when they're hanging out in that kitchen and Tony's all <laughs> disheveled and just woke up because it yeah. feels so real in a weird way. And it's like, you know, we always talk, we always make the sitcom goof. Like, it is very sitcommy, but then a lot of stuff happens. It's some of my favorite moments for sure. Yeah. So he drives over to the Globe, the car place, grabs him or grabs her, drags her over, around a corner, gets her up against the wall, hand on her throat. She's smiling um, and uh, talks her way out of it. Kind of? No, no, she doesn't. Uh, no, it's over. That's the thing. Now it's over. Obviously, yeah. for Tony, this is enough. 
Yeah, yeah, it's over. And then a quick callback. We'd already kind of talked about it, but when Carmilla uh, goes to see the priest and he kind of gives her, like, there's good in him, that is when she kind of first shows, like, an embarrassment over that super expensive ring that she has. Like, she covers it up when he looks at it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the first hint at that. I just wanted to call that out real quick. But, yeah, he goes there and kind of just beat – like, he doesn't beat her up, but he's, like, beating her up basically – uh, and it's very interesting, you know, like in this current climate, because uh, it's almost like it's not quite that the show's asking us to be like, yeah, kick her ass. But in a weird way, it's kind of like this dumb bitch, you know, <laughs> like what did she expect? Uh, so it's interesting that the show's putting us in that uh, in that position, you know, and I guess that's kind of been the constant thing of this season. Uh, between wanting Tony to, you know, torture and uh, b- beat the the rapist and torture torture to death, as I'd imagine, and watch Ralphie destroy and beat to death a pregnant lady, but now kind of he's a cool like he's kind of a cool dude. Uh, yeah, does everyone remember that? <laughs> all the listeners yeah. just uh, wanted to remind you all of that. Uh, and now we're just kind of like, oh, but he makes the greatest spaghetti. I was going to bring um, that up. I, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to bring up. And I actually was doing that like a week ago. I was like, oh, yeah, like what Ralphie said. I was putting, I put the heat on high and I was putting a little He's of the gravy you back cooking. in. cooking. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Did be- it work? No, this is important. Did it work? Oh, did no, it, it worked the- great. It did. Wow, it absolutely worked. Such a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And also wanting Tony to like fuck up Ralphie, and in general, like wanting like we, it's like the show wants us to want these things, but then yeah. also like punishes us for wanting it. <laughs> um, so next scene is a dinner with uh, all the ladies, uh, all the wives hanging out, um, and they get to talking about how you got to be Hillary Clinton because you know take it spin it on its head when you're being cheated on build your own thing because that worked out great for her yeah yeah and how um it's still still relevant today look what she did she's a role model yeah uh, and yeah if we see all the wives we got what rosalie april angie bump and sarah and gabriella what's silvio silvio why am i spacing silvio's last name Demonte? Demetrio? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so okay, that's who the blonde was. Silvio then. Dante, that- dur. Yeah, Gabri. I had. To, I wanted to remember her name because that's actually like his. That's his real wife. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but so that's the blonde one. Yes. Yeah, that's Silvio's yeah. wife. Yeah, that's the one I was like, who's this one? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they do talk about like cheating and everything. Obviously, there's cheating going on in this episode, but it is interesting that uh, Carmilla's. Not really aware of it. Of course, he's aware of it in a general sense, um, but like it never really like touches on her storyline. She's oblivious to it, even hanging out with Gloria. And yet, this conversation's there, spurring like she's actually dealing more with the uh, obvious like mobster side of things and the blood money. But this conversation comes in uh, almost like it's touching on the other storyline going on because she's not actually dealing with that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all part of it. It's all part of being in a relationship with Tony. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, before Gloria, I mean, I'm sure Tony was fucking around, but it's like we weren't really seeing it on the show. But, yeah. I mean, we saw when uh, Carmela was reacting to Charmaine and thinking that Tony had something going on with her when he wasn't doing anything. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just a constant just assumption, which, I mean, is uh, rightfully so that he's, you know, doing bullshit behind her back. Um, yeah. And then what we get uh, Tony at the at the Bing and he gets a call from Gloria's hysterical on the phone um, because now this whole this is like the worst thing she could do as far as Tony, because his whole thing is he built her up as this, you know, self-assured put together, uh, woman, but now she's, you know, hysterical on the phone and Tony it's, it's basically his ex guma all over again. And, and you know, even worse to an extent. Yeah. So he goes over, um, because he, she's really hysterical. I think, um, with everything talked about with Melfi, I think he is concerned that she's going to do something to hurt herself just again, like the ex-Guma uh, did a bunch of pills or something, or I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but So he goes there just to sort of uh, stop that, is how I read it at least. Um, but he's still like keeping it light, like she's saying she needs someone to talk to. He's like, what about him at the Buddha uh, and, yeah. uh, and everything? But yeah, this is a great scene. I mean, it, it goes... It goes completely off the rails. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he smacks her, um, and then he starts saying like, you know, you think my life's great or whatever. You think I got it so put together? And kind of what finally triggers it? What is she, what does she say? Um, Did you catch this? Well, well, he. I mean, he comes there as well to say that it's completely over now, yeah. like to make that clear and stop contacting him. Um, but that's when she goes from being hysterically upset to to being angry. And starts talking shit. Let's see. Yeah, just because he buys me some ridiculous gaudy ring, that's when he, that's when he slaps her. But when, but then when he finally says, when he finally realizes, oh, who? Because what she says, she says, oh, poor you. Which is, oh, yeah. poor you, <laughs> Jim, poor you. <laughs> Oh, poor you. So there you go. Like, I, I thought it was a great moment. Like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's such a fucking, uh, that's, that's such Olivia. Like, I mean, the audience, we should already be here, though. So I get it. Yeah. But it, but it, I guess it is us watching Tony get to that point. And mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Oh, poor you. Do we have the technology to play you. those at the same time? Uh, I could try. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, it seems like we should. Yeah, let me let me pull one up in what one second here. This is worth the wait for sure. <laughs> is that I can tell already. That? Oh, whoops. Po- whoops. All right, here we go. Yeah, they they, they might be off cuz I'm going to have to try to click them at the same time, but <laughs> Okay, great. Let's see what we got here. Uh Oh, for you. you. <laughs> that works. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's good enough, yeah. Um but yeah, she starts saying like uh th- that like, "Oh, you just take a dump on me and walk away." And he's like, this, "You're my mother." And also when she says like, "Oh, I surrender. Burn me at the stake." It's really like good. She definitely watched uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but watched Livia Soprano like a lot to get that like that balance right. And, and when well, when he tried. when he tries to leave there, uh, she starts throwing out more threats of like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call your family, I'm gonna do this and that to get it even further escalated. Yes, but also you know at the core, what she's saying, she's right. Uh, 
you know, even going back to like Pine Barrens when she's, I mean, she's reacting maybe a certain way, but you know, he comes by and he fucks her and then he's like, all right, gotta go. Like, yeah, you know, Tony, uh, I mean, I think it's apparent. Everyone knows he's not really the good guy here, especially when he's slapping her and beating her up. But I mean, I guess you can argue that she, you know, she does know he's married and has a family. So don't even put yourself in that situation. But everything she's saying at the core is correct. Like, you know, I just have to sit here by myself and wait for when you feel like having sex with me and maybe spending a little time with me. And then you go back to your family and then I'm I'm alone. Um, So, yeah, I mean, she's a sad character. It's a tragic character. Uh, and yeah, it gets to the point where she's pushing it because yeah, you know, she, she already knew he had a daughter at, at school, but you know, she also got a little information from driving Carmilla around earlier in the episode. So now she's throwing all that in his face. Like, I'll go tell your daughter up at school. I'll tell your wife. And that leads to like a chase. And yeah, he basically starts choking her and she, in that moment, she definitely wants it. She wants tony to just finally end it for her yeah yeah and that's i mean that's what makes him not do it not that he would necessarily have done it anyway but in this case it's what makes him go like oh like i'm doing what you want here like i'm you've manipulated me to this point sort of on purpose even if you didn't realize and because she's there saying that it's it's hard to like it's and it's not as satisfying killing someone if they're asking for it anyway so (laughs) that's obviously part of it (laughs) yeah it's not gonna be like when usually when tony's depressed and then he gets to do bad shit like beat people up and kill them and then he's happy he's not gonna get the same kick out of it uh but i mean it's it's interesting that i mean because what what episode did gloria first show up um it was like fairly late in the season, right? Um, I can't. I couldn't Let me say. Check my notes here. Um, double check one second. It looks like yeah. yeah no, it's episode eight. Uh, okay. So I mean, they, it's interesting because I did feel like like thinking back on it, I felt like this went longer. It's um, funny because I was about to guess like three, four, yeah. <laughs> episode four. <laughs> So I mean they they kind of they did cover a lot um in you know a short amount of time especially cuz the way this season has been we've talked about it a little bit like it's not so much all over the place but you know we we stay with something for a little while and then we go to something else like Jackie yeah. Jr is kind of always there but sometimes not or sometimes it's about his relationship with Tony sometimes it's about him with Meadow Ralphie obviously is a big deal kind of early on and then their little rivalry which kind of has gone away uh then Gloria and Tony and of course I've been going back to the beginning of the season with the death of the death of Livia Soprano and the stupid lamp that was put in the uh basement yes so a lot of weird interesting twists and turns this season but I feel like this thing with Gloria is very strong um especially kind of you know some of the obvious things they're tackling with you know Tony and his mother and uh, just even delving into the different levels of anxiety and depression uh, and how, it, you know, it's not always what it looks like on the outside. Someone who has, who, quote, has it all uh, may not quite have it all upstairs. They're crazy. Yeah, that's 
Very true. Um, and speaking of not having it all upstairs, <laughs> next scene is the robbery. Uh, biggest gunfight to date, maybe, in Sopranos history, according to David Chase on the DVD commentary. I did Wikipedia, see that. that is. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. I haven't really thought about it, but... Um, There's yeah, a lot of guns. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, I guess if it was the commentary... Because I, I mean, I guess no spoilers. I don't, but honestly, I don't remember if there's anything else bigger in the future. But so I, we'll see. I'm. I. It was for the season three. Well, you're right. May I? I, I was thinking like, oh, it was just referring up to that point because it was season three. But if it was the DVD, it would have been later. Maybe I don't if know. If it was the DVD commentary, it had to have been recorded before the, you know, the end. So yeah, I'd imagine to, to date, and yeah, bunch of idiots, and we get to even see their driver is the guy that had his throat uh i'm not his throat his like jaw wired right because he got furio beat him up for dealing um uh x outside the club yeah they bring that guy back (laughs) he's got such a such a crew of uh idiots uh this jackie jr yeah absolutely oh it is that guy right oh well he's recovered well then um Great choice, because he, he gets out of there, at least. He knows what to do when he hears a shot from inside. Because, yeah, it starts, obviously... I mean, obvi- first of all, Christopher's there. That's the guy they wanted to impress. And he's there saying, like, you know who you're robbing, huh? Mm-hmm. And they're all being cool, like, except the guy who just keeps saying weird shit. Sonny? Sunshine. Yeah, they call him Sunshine. Sunshine. And, mm-hmm. it, well, what's interesting is... I mean, Jackie is the one that just loses it. He just loses he, it and shoots Sunshine because right. he keeps talking. What? He's like, you know, um, you leave with your heads or whatever the fuck. All his dumb little non sequiturs that he's saying, uh, kind of amping up the tension. I mean, I guess what? Someone, he does talk and Christopher kind of gives him a look. Someone comes out of the bathroom and they shoot, but they don't hit him. And then, the, I mean, we see the driver drive away. And it's just kind of a tense standoff, and then Jackie just unloads into the dealer. Like yeah. it's it's a bizarre choice. Like I know he's dumb, uh, and I know like obviously your adrenaline's going, but it's a weird like he he does. It's I don't know if it's a choice to make it seem where like he doesn't really have a way to talk himself out of it because he is the main triggerman that like puts it over the top here. Uh, mm, yeah, and um, I didn't realize it was him because <laughs> they're all wearing their things and, and uh, Christopher's there. He sees who it is and hears who it is. Uh, but I, I was like, huh, what? Okay, I guess it was that guy. Um, and also, they're on the crank. So, you know, that they say like, because at the start, like you mentioned, he's now the one who wants to pull out. And then they're like, let's do it before the crank wears off. <laughs> so obviously he's high strung. But yeah. It really is uh, amazing how poor his choices are uh, continuously. Uh, I've never seen him make a good choice, really, ever, uh, I think. So, yeah. you know, great character. So, he, yeah, he shoots the dealer, which allows people to kind of dive out of the way. Christopher grabs his gun, shoots the guy with the shotgun, like, right in the head. Um, and then Furio gets into a shootout with somebody, but he takes, like, a bullet to the thigh. Uh, and then they run out of there. Uh, yeah. Furio's yelling in Italian because uh, he got shot. Their wheelman's gone. Jackie uh, boosts a car and leaves his buddy, <laughs> drives by his friend, who gets like quadruple tapped in the head because he's got two guns pointing in his face. Yeah. And he's, you know, hey, well, with Ralphie, sorry, Chris. 
and they just keep shooting him even when he falls they're like putting more bullets into his body because that's what you know if, if you're a gangster don't matter if he's dead you want to make sure just keep shooting yeah and definitely reminds me again of the thing from last season uh, where these two kids try to kill Christopher and then they're like, oh, we're with Richie, you know, or like they, yeah. we're, they were doing it to impress him. And I don't think Ralphie would have been like, oh, great, you killed Sunshine. <laughs> like, that's not what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, but Jim, before we forget, yes. man, let's let's experience some sheer joy here because we got quite a few uh, buttons to press. Yes, we do. Everyone counting. Yeah, we're at 27 deaths at the moment. But we're about to crank that up. So what do we got? We got Sunshine, we got Shotgun Guy, and then we have, is this Carlo or is that Carlo? Uh, uh, well, his dumb friends, I don't. I never learned his name, but he was in a, a lot of the season. Isn't that the guy you who know what, Carlo, wants to take Meadow to? Carlo yeah. might have been the shotgun guy. I forget this main, because this main friend, who I forget his name, he's the one that was supposed to call Carlo. So, oh, yeah. but, so basically oh, we, get, right. we got three deaths here. We got three deaths. I'm gonna find Man. the name. It's Carl. It's Dino. Dino. Yes. Yeah. He's always talking about. It. So Dino and Carlo. Yeah. Ah. Uh, they. They were. Uh, I missed them already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so bam. One, two, three, and then of course we got. I was really like. I was really. Wait, where we're at? We're at twenty-seven, so eight. We should be at thirty now. Yeah, we're at thirty. Okay, cool. Um, yours still says twenty-nine. Oh, whoops! Um, yeah, let me fix that. Yeah, it's the counting system we use. It's uh, very <laughs> medieval. Uh, but it's. I, I really was when we were reading that interview, or sorry, that uh, the review. I was like, ah, oh, sheer joy. That's a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> but then you like play it three times in a row, and I'm like, okay, they were right. <laughs> yeah, they were right. We're loving it. Yeah. We love our sound effects and our counters. Yeah. So uh, they got to pull a dick doctor out of his commercial to go have him work on Furio. And then we get the great scene from the opening uh, where Christopher is saying, if I find this guy, I'm going to do him tonight. And Tony says, no, you're not. And, you know, it's it's a great scene. It's basically all of it was in the intro there uh, where he where Christopher calls Tony a fucking hypocrite who preaches wise guy shit meanwhile we're the only ones who play by the rules and i'm not sure if he's referring to they're part of the crew or referring to the wise guys in general or that everyone else like i i don't know exactly what he means it feels so right he's so right but i'm like what does he specifically mean yeah now because the thing is like i love this scene i mean that's obviously why i picked it for to start the show I, I wish there was more to this this season, though. I wish. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've, we've, we've spent a little time with Christopher, but this is kind of hinting at a Christopher-Tony relationship that we haven't really explored too much. I mean, I guess a little bit. I mean, we've seen it in the past, obviously, season one and season two. You know, they're back and forth between, you know, Tony realizing Chris is depressed and then, you know... Uh, Chris dealing with that and Chris just dealing with being kind of a young, dumb, I guess, better version than Jackie Jr. and Bevilacqua, at least, because he at least didn't go that far. Uh, yeah. But I, I just wish there was a little bit more here that they were feeding off of that that we had seen in this season. But I still love it. And I still love what it hints at, at the very least, of things to explore here. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I definitely loved um, our... I definitely believe in the love between them. It's just 
when he says like I loved you and I'm like what changed yeah. like how how big did this change like was there something else and it's like you mentioned the season has been a bit now we're exploring this now we're exploring that the most recent thing is Pine Barrens where he came out and saved him from the middle of nowhere uh, and he was definitely like I don't know he was more on his side than um, Polly well yeah Polly Peanuts. Uh, what's is that? Poly, his name? Poly walnuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely like I don't know. Uh, it maybe there's a moment early on the season where he's like, Oh, this Christopher kid, but he made him a made man and all of that. And I know that's stressful and all, but I also thought the same thing great scene, but like I loved you. And now, to be fair, Tony has continuously been a hypocrite when it comes to Jackie, so I mean, he's right. I yeah. feel the same type of frustration here, where even now, when he's like shot people and shot made men even it's like no no it's cool we'll sweep it under the rug but the problem here for for us the audience um is we've seen tony do this for christopher maybe not to this extreme but i mean if we go back to season one with junior's trucks and stuff like that um you know tony tony has taken care of christopher in a similar fashion um so that's why it doesn't it doesn't hit as much but but i i still appreciate the scene and i i I at the very least appreciate it maybe it's just more setting up this you know this relationship uh or deeper look at this relationship that we'll see down the line especially as chris is coming in to his own more now that he's a made guy and trying to step up now the interesting thing though here is I, I don't really know the read on where Tony's at as far as, you know, does he care about Jackie Jr.? Or is it like he says in this scene, it's more about the murder and it's about I, I don't want to bring heat down on us because he had, you know, they we start to see this back and forth he has with Ralphie where kind of neither of them wants to make the choice. And yeah. I think initially when I watched this, I always just thought Tony cared for Jackie Jr. and and didn't want to do it. But then when I'm watching it now, it's like, no, he's kind of pushing Ralphie to do it. And then Ralphie almost doesn't want to do it. No, but I, I see all of that as just um, sort of acting play acting like yeah. because of the way the scene starts with silvio and he's there like what did we say now we got to play out this thing where we both know where it's gonna go and the way they talk to each other as well is like it's it's like it's not real like it's just they're doing it because they need to do it because i think your initial read but this is my first watch so i might change my mind but i agree with your initial read being that uh, he doesn't want to do it because it's jackie um and he Obviously, like, three guys just got shot. Like, they can handle getting rid of someone. And, like, it's it's, they've done it a bunch, like, all the time. Uh, The feds don't really matter. They can't even get the airplane thing to blow up. And they can't (laughs) plant a lamp properly. So um, so I don't think that's it. But it is an interesting scene, the next one there with with Richie. Oh, no, not Richie. Ralphie, sorry. Um, When he comes in and you're right, uh, Tony's sort of, laying it on him because he's the captain it's his game he's got to make the choice but he's already said to uh to christopher that like no no no, this is not happening because he knows what ralphie's gonna do ralphie knows what he's gonna do it feels like um so when he says oh, i want to give the kid a pass tony's like yeah you're sure it's up to you but he's already decided that that's what's gonna happen that you think ralphie's already decided that he's not going to give him a pass or he is going to give him a pass 
I think Tony's already decided that Jackie Jr. is not going to die, but uh-huh. he has to make it seem like it's Ralphie's choice because it's his card game and, you know, it's tied to his relationship with Jackie's mother as well. But he knows that Jackie doesn't want to do it, or at least that's how I think yeah. he feels. So that's why they just act this out to sort of give each of them the respect that is due, which they've not done in any other scenes this season, but yeah. sure. <laughs> well, it's weird. I mean, I guess we'll have to see when it, how it plays out in the, the finale here. Um, but it's weird because... I don't know. Like I, I Tony, I, I guess Tony, if anything, I just feel like doesn't want to make the choice. I don't really feel like he has uh, a sway in either way. Kind of. I'd have to rewatch the scene, but I, I, I just, I guess I just read it completely different from what I remembered when I watched it this time. Uh, but I think it's kind of an interesting, the way, it, the way it plays out. And it, and it is this, I feel like Tony is kind of enjoying this. This is what you wanted, Ralphie. You know, you wanted to be captain. So great. Now you're captain. And this yeah. is part. It's not all just making money and bossing your Goomba friends around or whatever. Uh, you got to yeah. make these choices. Because, I mean, Ralphie, I don't. Yeah, because Ralphie, like, you know, he, we see him go back to Rosalie, right? Yeah. And he has to kind of deal with that because. Even though Ralphie, as we've seen, doesn't seem like he really cares about anyone, it does feel like he cares about Rosalie. Just in that classic, you know, mobster, I cheat on my significant other, but I really love her kind of way. (laughs) Sure. I I think you've got a good point um, because I did forget about, like, the last part of the scene because they do all that that I described. And then Tony's like, yeah, that's good. Who cares about the shit they don't have the balls to say to your face, you know? So what if the kid disrespected you? And that's when it's almost like he's goading him into doing it mm-hmm. or just wanting to shit on him a little bit either way. Um, but it's like, oh, they don't have to live with your commitments and all that, Ralphie. So so it's really uh, interesting because if he, if he does push him, if he is pushing him to actually get rid of Jackie, then... He just told Christopher not to do it because he wants Ralphie to do it. <laughs> well, I think um, it really, I think it, I, I always glossed over it until rewatching it when he talks about, you know, a murder brings a lot of heat on. Although I guess, I mean, you could argue that just because Ralphie's in a different crew, uh, but maybe it is just about keeping things. If it's that much disconnected, even if it's, you know, one person over, it does help. And I guess thinking back to Tony's brush with the Bevel Aqua thing last season, did he learn from it? uh, I don't want to kill a kid who's almost like my son's age or, you know, Mm -hmm. almost a nephew to me because it was my dear friend. Or did he learn like, I don't want to be that close to a murder because I almost went to jail. Yeah. It does. Um, it is interesting. Maybe your take on it is different too, because you actually you know what's going to happen, and I don't. Hey, dear listener, in case this is your first episode, I've never watched The Sopranos. Um, so yeah, I am looking forward to the last episode because um, even though he, Ralphie comes in saying he wants to give the kid a pass, it's almost like Tony turns him around. Um, but yeah, then we then we go. Well, actually, yeah, he gets to come, come back home and comfort him. Let's just quickly go through the the last scenes here. We do have the the therapist's office where. Tony gets to unpack some of the scene there that happened. He wants to say he gets to say like I'm 
stop saying I want to fuck my mother. And she's like, no, but you want to please your mother. You want to, like, get the approval of your mother still. Yes, yeah. And, uh, I mean, is Tony... Because they they mention suicide by cop. Yeah. So is Tony telling Melfi, you know, yeah, so I slapped her around and I was choking her. (laughs) (laughs) I know I was going to kill her, but then she, you know, she wanted me to kill her. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, But I guess it's kind of that, you know, it's fun when they drop in some of these scenes where we haven't seen like the initial part of the story. And I'm always wondering, like, how did he get here? But I guess that's the joy of being able to drop in the scene because you could be like all right now they're already talking about it he, he did some sort of way to get to this point um but yeah yeah so i, I mean my, that's kind of my only note i had on it. i don't remember any of the specifics really from this discussion besides i remember them talking about suicide by cop yeah and uh, obviously the last important scene is oh uh, actually Gore- wait i'm sorry i, I will back yeah, up real quick okay. is in this also when melfi says um you'll never leave carmella but she'll yeah. leave you. No, she says, yeah, like, no, you'll never leave her. She yeah. might leave you. Yes, but, that's what like, it is. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, Glory gets threatened, not by Tony, but by this Weasley guy who I can never remember the name of. Patsy. The twin who didn't. Yeah, the twin who didn't die. Um, and yeah, he just threatens her. Um, we get the scene where I Ralphie think, comforts Rosalie. Yeah. I think well, I was just going to say on that Patsy and Gloria scene, I think that's a great scene because yeah. I love the way, you know, he's like, it won't be cinematic. <laughs> like, yeah. you'll just see my face. It's not going to be this, you know, Shakespearean tragedy. It's going to be this weasel guy who shows up and fucking shoots you and leaves you for dead. Uh, yeah. Such a smart way to handle that, Tony. I, I mean, I, I'm impressed. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, Ralphie and Rosalie. Like, Rosalie is such a tragic character. I mean, I guess it's not that we saw that she had much of a relationship with Richie, but I guess the appeals in general, because, I mean, she lost her husband in the first season. And then, yeah. of course, Richie in the second season. But I guess that doesn't quite count for her. And, but I like the way she's acting because, you know, she knows this way of life and she knows what happens to people. Uh, and she knows her son is basically as good as as good as dead, barring some sort of, you know, like Ralphie or Tony, someone stepping in here, you know, yeah. one, uh, chalk another one up for the Aprils. Yeah. Yeah, she plays it uh, great, and I wonder how that will affect Ralphie's uh, take on what's going to happen next as well. So the final scene is my only question. What's with this final scene where Weasley guy just gets in a car and drives home? Like, why did they end on this? I was going to ask you the same thing. I mean, because they, they, it's almost like they didn't want to do the thing. We've talked about this thing, and they kind of have it at the end of this episode, the thing of where... Tony comes home after therapy and after kind of having these small little enlightenments to find Carmilla. And it's almost like he has a new appreciation for her in a weird way. And we have yet another moment of like, she heats up some leftovers for him, but at the very least, you know, she's taken the ring off and she's studying real estate, I guess, trying to, you know, be Hillary Clinton in her world. Uh, And then they cut to Patsy. And I don't know, I I guess, are they trying to show that he has a good relationship? Because it seems like he's talking to someone. He's like, oh, no, I picked up the stuffed shells. And like he's doing something for his wife, even though he's like a 
murderous <laughs> weasel. I mean, I, I I don't know the read on it either. That's kind of what I was getting from it is like, is he's better than Tony in a weird way? The only thing I thought was like showing how it's not good though, but like showing how mundane a thing of like going and that, threatening Gloria's life is, and then like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna pick up the groceries. But that still isn't like a great ender. Um, it's it's an interesting choice, and if you have any thoughts on that, please do send them to us because I'd love to hear why they did that. Uh, so just email us at shows what you know show at gmail dot com. Let us know why did Patsy get in the car? Is this foreshadowing? I thought like, okay, car bomb. Like that's <laughs> that's where my head was at. Yeah. But then like he just drives off and I'm like, okay, I guess that was a scene. So please again, that's shows what you know show at gmail dot com. Let me know why he did that. Yeah, I think that's a good read on it as well. Just the whole like uh the same as when you just go to work and you're like ah yeah damn, I got to get up early tomorrow. It's like, oh, man, I got to threaten a woman. (laughs) I got to threaten a woman and make her afraid. And then uh, I got to make sure I pick up the baguettes on the way home, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Hurry, the baguettes. Hurry up. It's almost like, did he have a, did he play through his mind? Like, all right, maybe I pick up the pasta and the baguettes before, and then I already got them in the car. Uh, Ah, or is that kind of too much? Is it going to set? in there it's cold out is that going to affect the bread uh, i'll yeah. just get it after i'll threaten the lady and then <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean i kind of like both of those i i do feel like there's a weird connection to tony to seeing tony and Carmen before that uh but yeah i don't have a quite a full grip on it but also i kind of like what they do i like how they did it i i just don't f- fully have a grasp on what they were getting at Okay, uh, yeah, so do email us. As we mentioned at the top, we do really appreciate reviews as well on iTunes. Um, if you want more things we make, Jim has a podcast called Jim and Them that you can find on any podcast platform or jimandthem.com. You can also find more from me on my YouTube channel called Awesomepedia or at awesomepedia.org. I also have some other podcasts and things on there. Uh, but I think until next time, there's just one more thing, Jim. Oh, yeah, yeah, what, what's that? Cut to black.